red letter revolution. And uh, I don't know, to start things out, let me just ask a question. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, or maybe you have used the phrase, it's the thought that counts? You ever done that? How many of you believe that that's true? I mean, does that work when you forget to pick your wife up at the airport? (laughs) Or when the term paper was due and you say, I thought about writing that. Or maybe when your rent was due and you say, yeah, we, we thought about it. Just didn't get the check in. Or maybe when your kid comes to you and uh, they disobeyed, but they wanted to obey. So it's the thought that counts? Is that how it works at your house? I don't think so, right? And Jesus comes along And he tells a bunch of stories. And what we're doing in this Red Letter Revolution is we're looking at the red letters of the Bible. If you have a copy of the Bible, a lot of times in uh, Bible uh, printing, they will print the words of Jesus in red. And so we are looking at those red letters, those red words. And uh, specifically in the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus taught stories Uh, If you grew up in church, maybe you heard that they were parables. And so these parables uh, that Jesus taught are what we're looking at for the next several weeks leading up to Easter, helping us to get ready for a great Easter Sunday. How many are ready for Easter? It's going to be awesome. Start inviting somebody already. Uh, People will be more likely to come on Easter Sunday than any other Sunday of the year. And so use that, leverage that. Uh, for God's glory, but we're, we're looking at what Jesus taught, and often what he would do is he would take a principle and he would tell a story to help us understand it. And so today, uh, we're going to look at a story in Matthew chapter 21, so if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there, and Jesus tells this story that I don't think, I was trying to think this week. I don't think I ever heard this one in Sunday school. Uh, I, I remember hearing about it as, as a kid growing up, but I, did, I don't remember this one being on my flannel graph board. Anybody with me on that remember those days? And, and so I, I don't remember this story in particular, but uh, we're going to look at it because uh, Jesus tells us it's not the thought that counts. Uh, it's got to be a little bit more than that. So if you don't have a Bible, we'll pull it up on the screen. Here it is, Matthew chapter 21. This is what Jesus said. What do you think? So he, he puts it out there for public opinion, and specifically for the Pharisees, who were the religious teachers of that day. And he tells the story. There was a man. You know, it's like once upon a time. There was, there was a man who had two sons. He went to the first, and he said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. And look at verse 29. I will not, he answered. I don't know if you want to try that at home, but uh, that, that's what he answered. And, and later, though, notice this. 
he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and he said the same thing. And he answered, here's the, here's the son's answer, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two, Jesus spins around to everybody, which of the two did what his father wanted? Well, the Pharisees say, well, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John, now John is John the Baptist who came before Jesus, set the tone, get the kingdom of God message out there, came to you to show the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors, which were the low of the low of that day, and the prostitutes did, and even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. And so Jesus tells this story about this man who has a vineyard, and he's a father. And, and so anytime Jesus tells a story about a father, who's he talking about? God. There we go. A few of you are bold enough. Like, oh, I think it's a trick question, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Uh, God. And so he's talking about God, and God says to these two sons, and one is, one is a rebel, and one is a respectable. In other words, one out the gate says no, but then he comes back around, and he changes his mind, and he goes. The other acts like he's going to obey. But he doesn't do what the Father wants. We have the rebels and the respectables. And Jesus specifically just brings it home and says, right here, here's what I'm really talking about. is John the Baptist came along and he preached this message. What was the message? Repent and believe. Repent and believe. And he says, and you know who heard the story? Who, who listened to John? The rebels. The rebels listened to John, and they changed their lives. But the respectables, the people who acted like they loved God and, and seemed to have their act together, they rejected John and his message. And he says the message was, was for all, it was, it was for everybody, but John, he, he began to preach, and, and the rebels, they said, hey, we got to get our act together. We, we've got to do this message. But the respectables, they wouldn't listen to him, and they rebelled. And Jesus' parable comes down to this, and he, he says this, this, I had to put them on their heels, how unthinkable is it that the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the people you look down your long religious nose at, they're coming in before you. Now, here's a good thing, is he says, before you. Because that means the door's still open, right? 
The the door's still open. You you still get in. You you could get in right now, but you probably won't. But we find out later that there were some of these people, some of these Pharisees that actually did become believers after the resurrection. They they saw it and they knew it had to be true. But, But the Pharisees in the moment of this teaching, and I just love how Jesus does this because Jesus is just like so smart. He just is always setting this up. And, and the Pharisees should have known better because when he gets to telling a story, guess what? It's going to be about you. And the Pharisees are like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew we'd be the butt of it. We, we would be the butt of this joke. We, we would be the butt of the story. We would be the ones that be the, the, the ones that aren't obeying, that aren't doing right or whatever. And, and so Jesus, though, is making a point, and here it is today, because you might be a rebel or you might be a respectable, but Jesus is speaking to both today. He's speaking to both crowds and he's helping us to know some things. And so I want to share with you some, some points from this text of Scripture that I believe help us today. And maybe you'll find yourself somewhere in the story. Uh, let's look at some red letter lessons. All right. If you're following along in your outline, here's the first thing. Maybe you want to write this down is talk is cheap. Say that with me. Talk is cheap. Have you ever said that before? Maybe to your kids, you know, or whatever. It's like you're trying to tell your kids something, and they're like, I know. I know, Mom. I know, Dad. And it's like, I know you know. All right? You knew yesterday, and you didn't do it. You knew last week, and you didn't do it. So I know you know. That's not the point. The point is, you need to do what you know, right? Because talk is cheap. You know, it's like the boyfriend who says, you know, she's about to break up with him, and he's, oh, 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 baby, 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 Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I'm fixing to change. (laughs) Oh, man, I I see the error in my ways. I'm going to change. I'm a different man now. You know what I'm saying? I am different. I am changed. You know, or, or maybe let me illustrate this way. Like, like you call a plumber to the house. Maybe there's two different plumbers that you could call. And, and, you, and you call this one. And, and oh, my gosh, his van is just spotless. And, and the name on the side is, is Flawless. And and he comes to the door, and he's one of these plumbers that they say is going to smell nice when he comes to your house, right? How many appreciate that? And and, and so he's going to come, and he's smelling nice, and his outfit just looks pristine, and, and there's not a spot on it. And he gets his toolkit out and and opens it up, and all the tools are shiny, you know? And, and, and you tell him about, you know, the problem you're having, and he gets under there and tinkering around, messing around, whatever. And, and after a while, you know, he says, I, I think we got it. And, and he leaves and hands you the bill. And later, you find out the leak is still there. 
So then you're reaching out to your friend and you say, hey, you know, I had this guy come. He looked like he's all polished and everything, like he knew what he was doing, but he didn't fix a thing. Do you know somebody? And they say, oh, yeah, Ralph. Ralph Ralph can come over and call Ralph. And and so you call Ralph. Ralph comes up. His van barely makes it up the driveway, you know. (laughs) Stuff about to fall off of it. Looks like he's hit a few people, you know, maybe on the way over. Name, you know, missing a letter, you know. And, and he comes up to the door, and his hair all messed up. Looks like he's been under somebody's house, you know. Maybe he has some of it still on his outfit. And he comes in, and he, he's a little rough, and, and, and he gets his tools out, and they're all banged up, sloppied around, and whatever. You don't know what all's been on those tools and everything, but, but Ralph crawls under there, and, and, and he gets to going, and he starts working on stuff, and, and, all, and he leaves, and there's no drip. How many would rather have the person who can make something happen? You see, Jesus is telling this story, and he says, now there's a group of people that look like they're religious, that they look like that they have a connection with God. There are people in our midst who, who can speak the right jargon, who, who can tell stories, who, who have Bible memorized and, and all of this, but Jesus says, they don't do squat for anybody. There's nobody getting healed. There's nobody getting delivered. There's nobody coming to God. There's nobody whose lives are changed as a result. And so Jesus is speaking the story to people that, that, that couldn't even help people. That they looked like they had it all together. They speak the language. But, but Jesus, let me, let me tell you something. Jesus, he didn't come to make you smarter He came to make you saved. He came to rescue you. Here's what Isaiah said. And Isaiah, he prophesied about this. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus would refer to this when he would be teaching. And and he says, I'm telling you, you're who he's talking about. You you, you come near to me, you you say the right things. I wonder, I wonder, crossroads, could we come into church and sing lyrics we're not even obeying? Could could we be singing about surrender, giving it all to him and declaring him Lord over all? But really, he's not. Really, there's areas of our lives where we're not surrendered to him. And Jesus says, you might be a respectable, but in your heart, you're a rebel. Because you're not submitted. You're not fully surrendered. And talk is cheap. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does. Everybody say does. 
does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Because talk is cheap, right? And Jesus says, I'm not looking for people who just say the right thing. I'm looking for people who will do the right thing. Here's the second thing to write down is a lesson of nothing is something. Say that with me. Nothing is something. Because here in this story, both the respectable and the rubble, they, they both were evaluated not on how they started the story, but how they ended up. See, it wasn't their initial response. And I don't know, maybe there's somebody here that you're happy because Jesus didn't go with your first response that you gave to him one day, right? Is anybody here that maybe when somebody first approached you about Jesus or the first invitation that came to church and you had a few choice words maybe for them and, and, and what they could do with their invitation, and, and what, 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 what you know, you'd like for them to do with their church or whatever. And, and, and you didn't really want to go that way. But thank God, God didn't give up on you, right? And your first response, because we were all separated from God. See, the second boy, the second boy acts like he's going to do something. But in fact, Jesus said he did nothing. But his nothing was really something because what it was was rebellion. But see, it's subtle rebellion. Don't you just love passive-aggressive people, you know? That just kind of act like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then they don't do anything. They don't show up for you. Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to move uh, this Saturday? Oh, 8 a.m.? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., they're not there. And, and, and here's the thing, is we think to be a rebel, you, you know, you got to just be vocal, but sometimes a rebel is just a person who does nothing. It's not their outward about it. And Jesus says, you know, let me just pose another question. He, he loved doing this. He'd say, John, the Baptist ministry, um, was it of God or of men? In other words, was he anointed? Was he, was he God's spokesperson on the earth? Or, or was he just saying what John wanted to say? And I love what they had to do. They said, oh, we, we got to huddle. Okay, and, and so they huddle. Can't you imagine this? All right, what, what do you think, John? What, what do you think, Ralph? You know, what are you, you know, and are all, you know, what you, well, well, here's what, if we say it's of God, he's going to say, well, why didn't you obey him? Why didn't you listen to him? Why were you dogging him? What's up with that? So what if we say, well, it was of men? Because that's what they really were wanting to say. They said, if we say that, the people will stone us to death. Because they loved John. And they counted him as a prophet. So what are we going to do? Well, let's just say, we don't know. And so they come back over 
We've, we've got our answer. We're not sure. And Jesus says, see, you, you guys are, are just the blind leading the blind. You're, you're, not, even, you're not even willing to commit on this. And, and you're not even giving an answer. In First Kings chapter 18, there's a prophet that came to Israel, Elijah. And he says, how long are you going to waffle between two opinions? How long are you just going to come to church and live however you want to? How long are you going to do that? How long are you going to act like you're a follower, but you're really not? How long are you going to do that? I'm telling you, I love this. Elijah said, if God is God, and he's the real God, he's the real deal, then let us follow him with everything. Every part of us. And if he's not, then let's just be done with all this stuff. And here's what the people said. Pull that up for me, verse 21. But the people said nothing. See, see we're, we're not going to say, oh, no, no, we're done with God. No, no, we're not going to go there. We just won't say anything. See, and I wonder how many people today that you think rebellion is only open rebellion. You know, I, I go to church. Uh, we got a Bible somewhere in the house. And uh, I, I know some of those religious songs and all that. And, and I, wonder, I wonder how many of you are really in rebellion against God today because maybe God has at one point in time and maybe right now has been pulling at your heart and asking you to come closer to him and you don't say no, you just don't say anything. See, see maybe, maybe a few years ago you felt like God was calling you to something. God was speaking to you. You felt the spirit of God. And instead of obeying, you just didn't do anything. You, you just kept on going. See, maybe, maybe it works like this. God says, hey, 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 I want you to show up in your marriage by serving your spouse. And I know you got a lot to hold against them and whatever, but I want you to get over that today. And I want you to start serving them the way I got over all the stuff that you did to me. And I want you to start serving them like I serve you and like I served you on Calvary. I want you to do that. And you, you, just, you don't say no. You just don't get around to it. You just say, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll get there one year. Or, or maybe, you know, God speaks to you about a relationship that needs restoration. And God says, I know that they hurt you and all, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your big boy pants on and go over there and, and say to them, there's something between us and I want to fix it right now. And you don't say no. You just are going to get to that one of these days. 
I'm going to get some time for that. Or, Or maybe you hear me talk about serving and how that, oh, I want you to feel what I feel. I want you to experience what I experience when the Spirit of God is flowing through your life and you are teaching kids about Jesus. Are you kidding me? And these five-year-olds are starting to get it and they're learning about stories from the Bible and it's blessing their lives and their parents are thrilled with what's going on. In their life. Or you're working with teenagers and you're seeing teens that could go a whole different direction but instead they're going God's direction and you get to be a part of that. You get to pour in into that or a life group leader and you get people in a living room and you get to talk to them about the sermons and what it meant in their life and all and that taking it deeper and just walking through that together and seeing God work in a living room are you kidding me you 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 hear me talk about all that awesome stuff and you say yeah I need to do that one day I'm so busy right now, but yeah, yeah, that, that's good stuff. See, this, this boy didn't say no. He just didn't do anything. He just didn't do what the father asked him to do. Now, here's the last point, and it's my favorite point, all right? So you, you ready for my favorite point? I think it could be your favorite point, all right? I'm here ready for it. You're not? Okay, well, we'll just dismiss. We'll just. Okay, all right. All right, here, here it is. It's not too late for yes. It's not too late for yes. Say that with me. It's not too late for yes. See, I'm so glad that when the boy came to his dad and said no, the father didn't say, you're out. That's it for you. Move out. You're done. See, I'm so glad some of you here will help me out, maybe help me preach this point that when the first time somebody tried to get you to go to church or the first time that there was an appeal to come to Christ or the second time or the third time or the whatever time, God didn't kick you out. He didn't put you outside. He still kept coming back. You see, he allows the space of time for the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts and our lives and says, "Uh, I'm not taking no for an answer. Uh, And and here's what's happening. This guy, he has a change of heart. How many of you, the first time God asked you to do something, you said no? You, you You didn't get in the game But God just kept coming back. And I'm so thankful that the son, he walked away, but he says, "Uh, I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer. And there might be somebody here today that the Spirit of God is speaking to, and what he's saying to you is today is the day to change your answer and to say yes to him. How many remember, how many remember that, that, that uh, millionaire game? Remember that? And, and the host would look at the person and he'd say, is that your final answer? 
Is that your final answer? You know, and what it was is like, we're going to lock it in. But, but what would happen if the person was like, well, you know, I thought about A, and then I thought C, and then and I'm not sure. Now I'm thinking D, you know, and, and on. He just let them, you know, wallow around and everything. And then they'd say, well, I, I, think, I think C. And is that your final answer? And they could say, no. No, 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 I, I'm not, I, I think I want to phone a friend. I want to get, I want to do something here. You know, and, and the thing is, is it wasn't necessarily their final answer. And today, God is looking down from heaven and saying, I want to use your life. I want to flow through you. I've got a plan for you. I've got purpose for you. I've got great things for you. So I want you to say, yes, yes. Yes, I will do what you want me to do. And so today, here's something you'll never regret, is giving God your yes. For time, talent, treasure, I mean, all that you give to him, he will give in return, multiplied back a hundredfold. See, for some of you, your, your, your next commitment is baptism, and, and you know you should have done it last month, but you did what I'm talking about. You, you, you didn't say no. You just didn't say anything. You just didn't sign up. You just missed the class. But God is saying, how about this month? How about now? And some of you, you need to take that next step of faith in showing on the outside what God has done on the inside. And here's the thing, here's the thing. There's a verse that Paul says, you know, now, now when you commit to him, here's what happens. The spirit begins working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I love that verse in Philippians. And here's the, here's the point. Is when you get started in God's direction, the Spirit of God will start working inside of you. And, and see, there's some of us in this room that we didn't feel qualified when God first called us. There, there's some of us in this room that felt like, mm, that person needs to do it. That, that you, God, you're, you're probably talking to them over here. I don't know what... Somehow I'm getting in on this, but, you know, it's, it's for them. And there's some of us in this room that thought, there's no way that I can do that. But, but when you begin to take a step toward God, something amazing began to happen, not on the outside, but on the inside, as the Spirit of God Himself began to work in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure and all of a sudden the ability to walk on water happened not when you were sitting safe in the boat but when you stepped out and put a foot on the water with Jesus all of a sudden God gave you the power to be able to do it and see I want that for every person here and if you've said no to God before Today could be the day you change your mind. 
And if you just haven't said anything, and, and it's hidden rebellion, subtle rebellion, today recognize it. Say, you know what? I'm making excuses. And it's time to start making commitments. And when you start making a commitment, God will begin to work in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you want to do a great work in us and through us for your glory. And so, God, for the people today who maybe have hesitated, for for those that maybe once upon a time they felt like you were calling them to something, you were moving on their heart, and maybe today they feel like you're, you're quickening that word in them. Help them today to have the courage to step out of the boat and dare to believe for what you can do in their lives. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I, I don't want to miss all God has for me. As a matter of fact, I don't want to miss anything God has for me. And, and so I don't want either hidden rebellion or rebellion or any, anything on my part to hold back the bountiful blessing of God working in my life. And so today, I just want God to know I am fully, 100% surrendered to Him. And I want my final answer to Him to be yes. I will go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, whatever it is. You are not just Lord by my voice. You are Lord by my life. How many would shoot your hand up and say with me, yes, I fully surrender to Him today. Hands all over this room. Father in heaven, you see every hand that's raised. There could be people here who have run from your calling. They've run from from a calling that you had on their life to do something, to, to step out. But God, today, we're changing our answer. We're changing it to yes. We affirm that we want to be fully devoted followers of you. We don't want to hold anything back, and we don't want anything getting in the way of our serving you wholeheartedly. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for not taking our first answer but being willing to take us back because our answer is yes Lord yes 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 maybe you're here today others of you who like a couple people in the first service maybe maybe you're here in this service and, and maybe you used to walk with God Maybe you you used to declare God in your life, but really to say that you follow Him, it's kind of like this second son. You don't really do that. And maybe you even go to church or you show up for stuff, and, and maybe you can even talk, religious talk, but you know that in your heart there's no real vibrant relationship with the living God. Here's what God wants today. He wants to tell you that he still got the invitation extended. It's not too late to say yes. And I know an enemy who would like to say, just think about it. But I'm telling you, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. 
now is the accepted time. And so there's no need putting it off. What God can do today, you want to get it started in your life. And if that's you, will you just raise your hand right now and say, yes, I, I need Jesus in my life. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Over here, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Up there, God bless you. How many others today? All right, over here, God bless you. All right, several hands around the room, probably about one or two in each section. So let's, let's just pray this prayer crossroads. Some people's lives are going to be changed today as we commit ourselves to Him. And let's just give everyone the courage to pray this prayer. So pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on that cross for me, to be my sacrifice to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. And if you can give a fresh start, I want to have that today. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God. And from this day forward, I want to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now come on, somebody. Praise God for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Listen, your next step may be baptism. And so you can make that happen. Just, just let somebody know. Or it could be to go to one of our starting point classes so that you can grow in your faith. But we want to help you to continue this journey with God that God wants to do in your heart and life. I want our prayer partners to come down at this time. And I want the rest of us to stand. And I'm going to close in prayer just in a moment. Just hold steady. Here, here's what I don't want is I don't want somebody here to hear a voice from the enemy that says, oh, you better get your kid and better get going. You got a lot to do today when what you really need is prayer. And I'm telling you, prayer can change anything. Is this mic on? Because I thought... There'd be a little bit more response from that. I said, prayer can change anything. Anything. And, and so and so I want that for you. And these folks want that for you. So I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. If you have to go, you can go. But if you need prayer, don't let anything hold you back from receiving the prayer that you need today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word, of what you have spoken that is still true today. And so, God, we thank you that some of us changed the direction of our lives this morning and will never be the same again. Now, Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs prayer down here to the front so that they can receive the prayer that they need and God do miracles in this place, do healings, do transformations in this place yet today. And God, for the rest of us, help us to go out of this place helping others to change their answer, to be able to change their no to a yes 
in following you. And so God, use us this week at school. Use us at work. Use us in our neighborhoods, our community. And God, we give you praise and honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you need to go, go ahead.